0: From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The
2: following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
3: Shadowlands Theatre presents Seven Deadly Sins, Episode 1, Pride, and Low Though I Walk. Written by Jack J. Ward. Produced and directed by Jack J. Ward and Andrew Dorfman. There is a
2: land that's somewhere beyond the horizon, you may catch a glimpse of it when the sun sets, or in the moments before dawn. It's the twilight that flickers at the edge of imagination, somewhere between reality and fantasy. It's the place where monsters roam, and portals to other worlds wait in the back of the closet, and in the crevices of your mind. Welcome. To the Shadowlands. Mm-hmm. For the calling of Christ, the seven sins, as much as the seven virtues, were known in one form or another in most cultures and religions. And yet the first, the first sin that Lucifer committed was pride before God. Strange how the greatest of all sins is considered the most potent of strengths in the Shadowlands. Please, wake up.
0: Tis time to waken. I'll let thee rest later, I promise. <laughs> it hurts. Tis the manacles. Don't struggle, or the barbs will
2: bleed you more. Why? Please, why? Do you know why? No, I swear to almighty God, I do not. Please. Who are ye? So, so dark.
0: Here I am. Do ye remember me now? Good. I see that you do. What is thy name? (laughs) This is thy last chance to see heaven. Our Lord waits on his throne of gold. Will ye not go to him? I want to go. What is thy name? John. Goodman, And why are ye here, John Goodman?
4: Because I have sinned against God and nature. Yes,
0: ye have practiced the dark arts and suckled as Satan's child now, a warlock.
3: Ah, the
2: book. Where is my book?
0: John The pain helps you to focus, but you mustn't overdo it. We have thy soul to consider. The book! Where is the book? Protect me, O Lord, from yon witch's eye. Keep me safe from his blasphemy and his dark appetite for eternal damnation. Hold me to the bosom of our Lord's mother and safe within the flock as a lamb is to his shepherd. (laughs) Peace, John. Peace. (laughs) We have struggled so. Very long now. Remember what happened. I, I I remember Drayton. Before Drayton, do you remember thy mission for Christ? Yes. Yes.
4: I was on the road to Drayton Town. I was summoned. No. I sent the church. The church was summoned. Yes. Very so, wavers upon the damnable crevins. There was an accusing, and the church was busy with other accusations, and, and
2: they sent me... Did you not want to go, John? No, oh, I was happy. I wanted to rid our world of the sin that inhabits our
4: land, the many concubines of the beast. So much evil. They said I was ready. I learned as much as I could, prepared all that
2: I could, but nothing... Prepared me for what was to come. <laughs> I was weak. God, I was weak. In just his name, I was so very weak.
0: Shh. I stand with thee now. Can you feel this damp cloth upon my head? I know it is hard to stand, but will take the weight off thy manacles. Lean a little against the wall.
4: Uh-huh.
0: There, that will help thee. Now tell me, John. Tell me all that occurred.
4: I I walked down the road full of hope. I was doing God's work. I know that even now there was power in such clarity of me shining in his
0: grace. Tell me, John. Ah. John. Tell me, I won't let ye rest until you do. Water, please. My throat is raw. Soon, John. You weren't traveling alone. so
4: thirsty that, too, I stopped by a river. Three weeks, no rain. It was part of the case. The townsfolk of Drayton had to prove her a witch, for she had fouled their crops in bitterness. I stopped by this side of the road. The path was dust like chalk. I remember. golfing all day as I walked upon it. I bent with my face directly in the lake, sucking up the water. I heard something from behind me and
1: turning nearly fell in. Good afternoon. Might I take a moment and rest beside ye? He had a pilgrim's way of sorts of friar. I guessed by
4: his clothes, for he wore a cloth robe. A rope belt and sandals, symbol in fashion. He covered his face with a hood like the very image of mystery. He looked well-fed, even overly so. His hands were rough with scars and boils upon them. His voice was quiet. It eased and unnerved me all at once. His voice wavered upon an accent my ears could not properly place. I thought he'd come to be my companion, to... Observe how I handled the witch's
1: affair. The water is cool. Beg pardon? Is the lake thine own, or might I drink of it?
4: Rest as thou wish, old friar, I did not hear thy wagon.
1: Janus is a quiet steed. Ye need not be alarmed. The water is not as clear as I would have it. Ye are headed west. Aye, to the town of Drayton. I hath reason to travel west as well. If ye wish to share the road a while, ye might rest thy legs upon my wagon. Well, thank ye, kind friar. H-
2: have you been travelling
1: long? Sometimes I feel, gentle sir, that I have been travelling since the beginning of time. The waters conceal thy reflection. I hope they do not make ye ill. I have drunk far more noxious brews in other lands and have the readier constitution. But I can tell that ye are not used to traveling, so take care. Do not develop the fever. Ye are on God's path.
4: It might be said we all walk God's path.
1: That produces a most interesting question. I had not intended it to be so. Everything is questions, gentle sir. Simple existence is a question unanswered, a quandary forever asked from mortals to God. Take Lucifer, for example. He is perhaps the greatest question of all. I care not to know the riddle of Satan. Strange that you use his last name, dear friend. For when he fell, he was Lucifer, but when he remained fallen, he was known as Satan. The Hebrew word not for evil But adversary, and no, I do not suggest that his nature after the fall bears scrutiny. The good book tells us what Lucifer hath done, and God's punishment upon him for it. Much like today he was cast out, and yet he was once God's most chosen.
4: Are ye all right, Friar?
1: I am well. Never worry, dear friend. Lucifer was once the bringer of reason in God's court, highest of all. None stood upon the right hand of God more clearly than his most treasured angel and friend. Yet, he raised armies to do battle with God. The good book speaks of what happened, but it does not speak of why. Pride. T'was pride that was Satan, uh, Lucifer's fall,
4: the first of all sins.
1: Aye, tis true, and t'was right for God to cast him out. But for what reasons did Lucifer oppose his greatest benefactor, his father, his best friend? He was given the hosts of heaven as God's fine lieutenant. Why would the greatest of God's chosen tear asunder the heavens in civil war? And how could he gain followers to usurp the kingdom of heaven? Unless. Uh, Unless? Unless in his condemnation of God he saw a better way, at least in his mind, to rule heaven and the earth. This was a time before God's loving hand shaped man. This was a time when the universe was new, and the world but a dream not yet given breath. And still, somewhere within the seven days of creation, Lucifer had seen God lacking in some way, raised an army, fought and failed blasphemy. Ye speak blasphemy, Friar. I will not hear
4: of such things. God is perfect. God has made all things, and God alone has understanding of that
1: which ye speak so glibly. Forgive me, dear traveler. I meant no blasphemy. Only to say that Lucifer perhaps believed God to be lacking. And not that he truly was. For after all, tis written, God makes no mistakes. But still, I wonder to the meaning of this thing. What was it that Lucifer believed so necessary that he risked and lost all, forever cast outside his presence? Satan's fall mirrors that of men. He'd been all that we repel. And if we
4: are worthy, all that we may avoid. Satan had the choice all men have. Indeed. I would think not. For he had the choice to follow God and live amongst his holy brethren in the everlasting light, be sent to the darkness.
1: Aye, but ye lay thy thumb upon the difference twixt man and Satan, for which of us, in experiencing God's grace and living high with him upon the foot of his throne, would risk being cast outside his presence. None, I dare say. But it is well known that in the light of
4: God all sins are forgiven, and
1: all pains are brought to an end. But Lucifer, my friend, one might say, as Milton wrote, that he'd not known what he'd lost. Perhaps he felt the enterprise too great a thing, and the possibility that he would fall from his grace unthinkable to a child born of light.
4: Perhaps. But ye speak of things that have gone far past, Satan now lives in the world. His infernal company chokes the very
1: air of God's mercy, and his hatred of our Lord knows no bounds. Had cast him out from heaven with all his host of rebel angels by whose aid aspiring to set himself in glory above his peers, he trusted to have equaled the Most High if he opposed and with ambitious aim against the throne and monarchy of God. Him, the almighty power, hurled headlong flaming from the eternal sky with hideous ruin and combustion down to the bottomless perdition there to dwell in adamantine chains and penal fire. Who durst defy the omnipotent arms? But his doom... Reserved him to more wrath For now the thought both of lost happiness and lasting pain torments him Round he throws his baleful eyes That witnessed huge affliction and dismay Mixed with obdurate pride and steadfast hate No light, but rather darkness visible Served only to discover sights of woe Regions of sorrow Doleful shades where peace and rest can never dwell. Hope never comes.
0: Ye speak keenly the Edge of Milton, and while tis been a source of inspiration through the clergy, I like it not get to the point of thy mission, John. It is my thoughts that the Friar confused ye earlier on. It was no Friar that spoke with me, of that I am sure.
4: I speak to ye now about him, for he, he laid the path of my misfortune
0: and misery. Then let me wipe the blood from thy mouth, John, and pray, continue. How long did ye make tracks with the Friar? He spoke all through the morning with me, His thoughts about Satan's tragic
4: loss pricked at my brain and his questions of God filled my head with pain. When at last he took the right fork and I, the left, of Drayton down. He bade me farewell and goodly profits to my enterprise. This was strange indeed, for I had not told him the reason I made for Drayton Town, and yet I could tell he scribed the reasons from me nevertheless. The final dust curtain of this car made its unsteady way along the trail. When something caught my eye, I took several steps before I saw the body of a serpent in the road. It slithered across, perhaps intending to fang a horse, but instead was decapitated by a cartwheel and left to bleed into the soil. Its coiled form twisted and boiled in soundless anger, and its severed head stared at me from the side, lipless jaws working to swallow again and again. I would have left the omen there, but for the strangest sight I checked to behold.
0: And what was that, John? From the open end of the serpent's skulllet
4: something moved. I thought at first perhaps the snake was about to burst forth. A series of other baby worms and held to the rock tightly to put an end to the monstrosity, but instead there was something different. It was... It, it was a frog. A frog? I tree-frocketed and swallowed whole, and even now struggled to escape from the belly of its captor. I I took pity upon it, and with my scarf cleaned it of its snake's entrails. It seemed quiet, uh, stunned, so I placed him in my pocket, and he became the truest of road companions. He was quiet, and slept off his excitement from before. When he awoke, he ate a little, and hopped only in a circle about me. "'though he lay down upon the grass to stretch his legs. But, "'But I did not tarry long, "'for I had been charged by the church "'to fulfill my service unto God. "'Twas just before sunset that I made the entrance to Drayton Town, "'and what a sight to behold! "'Torchlight abounded from the village square "'where the townsfolk had erected. "'A simple gallows of raised timber, "'nearly five feet in height, "'so all might witness the judgment of the town.' no news from the wooden post but marks upon the long arm displayed that many a knot had been tied in the name of justice. The townsfolk gathered in a mob at sunset and they shouted epithets and insults upon the woman bound to the hanging post. She was fair of skin and young in appearance although Tos said she was close to her thirtieth year with no husband.
0: Yes. Often such women unwilling to unify in Holy wedlock, take the sheets of Satan's last She day. did not look afraid
4: when they taunted her with fire and calls for her death. She bore a pride, a stubbornness, and I stepped before them in my common clothes and white-brimmed hat. So taken were they with the accusation, they, no idea, a stranger, stood in the mist. Hold, oh, I said,
2: <laughs> I
4: am John Goodman from Philadelphia and I have been sent by the Holy Church to measure the accused. I hear for myself the reasons the woman Sarah Black is accused of delving in the black arts. She cast a drought upon our land. Our crops are dust and cry for water.
3: She reduced my Nancy to a cat. One day she was playing in the forest by her home, and the next she was gone with only this cat in his place. Tis witchcraft most foul. Return my Nancy! Return my Nancy to me! Hold!
1: Hold!
4: We live in reasoned times, and with reason we will investigate these charges. I will hear all evidence and weigh it with the word of God, for it is with His will that we fight the evil that would infect us. Now, one at a time, let us hear the full extent of the accusation upon this woman. She
3: reads her spells from the
4: quiet of the bookstore. She sullies her father's good name by taking Satan as her bridegroom! She bride. beguiled
3: me! And I have neglected my husbandly duties, unable to perform as God intended man and wife to be.
0: And me as well. She brought sorrow upon our household, and I've been unable to be with child so for nigh on two years.
4: Beyond the dying of the sun and into the night. But well, there was no more than a dozen accusers who'd known Sarah Black intimately. It was becoming clear. The weight of evidence was making hard again her soul. Slowly a picture of Sarah Black's life emerged. She is a woman who lost her father to fever some five years past, and disdained all suitors remaining wed to her grief. She began selling her father's collection of books, well known as a God-fearing man. His gentleness with his only daughter spoiled her. She withdrew from Drayton and spurned those who proclaimed their intentions for marriage. Sarah Black lived in terrible loneliness within the bookshop. It there I had guessed that Satan's teachings transformed her. Her neighbors had always considered her willful, but now, now she was there without a book in hand. And it for her soul in the infinite understanding of Jesus that I approached her. Her body had been given to Beelzebub, but her soul, well, I hoped the rescue from damnation was at hand. During the hours of accusation i committed, each charged a memory for recounting to the church later. I motioned to the crowd to stand back. Reluctantly, they obeyed, and I rose to the platform. The woman's hands were bound so tightly. The blood trickled from the surface, and the muscles in her arms bulged bone white in effort. Although she appeared meek and mild, I no doubt the townsfolk bound her in such a forceful manner... To ensure she'd not injure herself or others in her blasphemes. Twas at this moment I bade her to answer the charges levied, to balance the scales to tilt her towards everlasting life rather than eternal damnation. But of all the strange things I'd endured to this point, her words would fasten me upon the post beside her and send me to this damnable rack.
0: Help me understand the trials ye endured. Do not risk damnation by falling silent now that the wine has been poured and the meat is on the table. God has heard and accepted thy prayers. I've forgiven thy sins. And if thou but finish the tale, absolution awaits. I will pray with thee a while, while our Lord and Saviour Collects thy soul to stand at his side and live in the immortal garden. Garden?
4: Yes. She smelled of flowers, gardenia, and lupins. The scent of lupins when they flower so brilliantly purple and lavender, like the very essence of. Most of the town smelled of raw and scattered about the streets, steaming from horses and dogs and the air ripe with curing fowl and butchered sheep. I swear in all honesty before God I stood upon the gallows' desk and smelled within her the scent of Eden. I knew was her potions and elixir's meant for devilry and beguilement, but for a moment, a passing moment, I'd been weakened too. I felt the power of her presence, but still... Still, I had the word too deep on my lips and faced her with the strength of my office upon my shoulders and did demand that she give full account for the accusations against her. And what
0: did she say? This Bathsheba, this whore of Babylon? It was the strangest part
4: of this whole venture. She neither denied nor confirmed the charges. Indeed, she spoke of them not at all. Her eyes were set upon a distant point, and I could see she resigned herself to fire and death... She seemed not to notice me for the longest time, but I knew my purpose and charged her again, this time by God, to tell me what the answer was to these charges. She beckoned me to lean forward. I did so, though reluctantly, for while she was most handily bound to post, her eyes carried depths which frightened me. I leaned closer and she whispered her answer.
0: What? What did she say?
4: Teach me to hear mermaids singing, or to keep off envy's stinging, and find what wind serves to advance an honest mind. If thou be'st born to strange sights, things invisible to see, ride ten thousand days and nights, till age snow-white hairs on thee. Thou, when thou'st return'st, wilt tell me all strange wonders that befell thee. And swear, nowhere lives a woman, true
0: and fair. You are certain she spoke those words in exactly such a phrase.
2: By my troth, For once I have heard things, I cannot unhear their exact phrasing.
4: Always I have been so gifted since childhood.
0: Then she spoke spells, words of mermaids and invisible fairies and the like such words she made a confession of kinds Nowhere lives a woman true and fair. She damned herself with the very spells she tried to quell thee with. Twas done I recognized it as such. And verily so ye saw her end, and damnable
3: it was. What could ye do? But put
0: an end to the blasphemy and pray for her soul. <laughs> it's all Lucifer's fault.
4: His sin was the first one. And it drew the line through the aces from the one great fall to the plagues of Egypt, the walls of Troy, the burning city of Rome about Nero.
2: Great or small, we all succumb to that great fall. Pride. I... Aye, <laughs> and we
4: still fall into darkness. All of us father, each in our own personal hell.
0: So she was burned then, John. <laughs> he burned her. I... Aye, <laughs> but not before she cursed me. Yeah. By God, you speak more to the meat of the story. Pray, take your time. Oh, did she curse thee? She whispered in my ear. She spat venom? Of times I have heard... No!
4: It was like rolling honey down my cheek. Sweet as summer's butter. There was no bile upon her words. No bitterness within. She bestowed upon me a horrid, torturous gift. What? What did you say? No, not yet. I cannot tell you.
0: Very well. We will return to that. Take ease, my son, and tell me all that ye are able.
4: So she whispered to me. I was silent, and she would say no more. I had not wished her death. Sweet grace, please believe me! John! John! You must tell what happened next. The villagers... The villagers, they, they swarmed her. Twas was as if they had their proof. It did not matter that I had not pronounced a judgment. The fact. These burned all eyes that looked upon it. She was brave, and only when the apex of the pyre was lifted did she cry out. But three times in unholy pain and regret.
0: Praise
4: God. Yes. Praise God. I was shaken to the very soul. All night I spent in quiet of the stable, hearing only the rustle of the sheep stand the sound of my heart pounding in immortal fear thundering in my ears but as loud as it would roar it could not drown her final whisper the next morning I resolved to leave Drayton, find the road back home and ne'er visit this land again the town was deserted when I left with the menace dispatched the men made for work in the pastures fields and forests no longer concerned with Sarah after ash-dusted corpse on display, a warning against the evils brought upon us. I went to her with full desire to bury her, but... Yes, yes.
0: What was done? You should not feel such upset. (laughs) It was thy first charge, John. I keep reminding thee, but it is true. We travel a terrible road, but it is the cross we must bear to reach. His
4: will. Oh, but the road... The terrible road was yet to come, father. Mayhaps it was the wind, but I swear I did not touch her person. Burned clean as she was, not not a streak of her lovely hair remained. I stepped upon the ashes that ringed the ground in all directions and felt the wind die in reverent protest of the will that cleansed the ground. I would have left there with naught but the knowledge that my charge was completed, but I was of her remains. remains. All that remained of her life I had found locked within her home. The townsfolk then molested the stores of books within but one remained untouched for fear be the greatest strength
0: in a mob. A book? A, a succubus manuscript? A tome of infernal spells?
4: Yes, and it was entrusted to me to return to Mother Church to depose of its sorcery those of Drayton wanted nothing to do with an monstrous grimoire. So emphatic their concerns that I dared not carry the book myself for fear of contamination. So feared were ye. Not at first. I was only considerate of precautions. My thoughts were to return home and to give my full accounting of what befell Sarah Black. So I wrapped the book several times with burlap and leather strips made of old reins from the stable and to drag the book eight paces behind me, my traveling companion. The turn Yes, the frog had awakened amidst all the excitement and fed from my hand. He had the most soulful eyes and...
0: John, keep to the story. I am not interested in your pets.
1: Yes, yes. We walked
4: back from Drayton in the sky was an unnatural mottled mist that thwarted all attempts at sunlight. The sun itself appeared restrained against the southern sky. I began by and by with each passing step to feel a sense of forbidding dread. Twore against my stomach each footfall thudded in my mind. Each yard further from Drayton increased the weight of my burden. Shadows coalesced in the trees above me. I heard the foulest whispers from the brooks I traversed. I grew aware Presence. A presence? Yes. A malevolence. I could not describe it more than that. It pricked at my neck from behind and slipped in the corner of my sight. And when I turned about, never to show itself directly to me, I began pausing in my gate, ostensibly to purge myself of this feeling. I began to feel alone in my quest to return to the holy church. I slept not and couldn't even light a fire. The wood would not grow hot. I shivered through the cold darkness. Hearing the whispers come closer and closer Until I shrieked And silence Not a murmur The woods were quiet as a tomb. I lay against a tree and swear my eyelids never crossed all the night On the second day i almost forgotten the night before. "'I was tired, but my bed would be "'a comfortable refuge from the hard ground. "'It was but another day hence. "'But I had little joy in my sleep. "'I found myself wandering "'through a pasture surrounded by masterless cattle "'that grazed without stirring. "'And then their heads all rose "'as, as one from the grass, "'and their eyes bore the same red speck. "'I felt the wind and die around me. "'A great unreasoning fear gripped my chest.' fire like that which delivered the witch mirrored in their collective gaze and I began to cough for the smoke. The beast it closed around me and the whispers began again. My lungs filled with the smell of burning pitch. Everywhere I turned they faced me tightening the circle like a noose about my neck. I wanted to drop the book to run off but I held tight to the map. A mark burned across my palm and shoulder, where I held it. Then I ran, and ran through the fields, but the cattle followed, lumbering. They galloped as if driven off the edge of the world.
2: The faster I ran, the more they pursued me. Finally,
4: I tumbled down a ravine. What I awoke was evening. I felt the gash on my head. The moon was huge and bright as the sun, and the wind had returned. My head ached, where I hit the rocks below, and my shoulder hurt a little. But the cattle had disappeared like a strange nightmare.
3: I nearly laughed out loud in relief, despite my circumstances. But instead, I was struck dumb
4: by the sight ahead. Within this lunar light, before me, on the jagged rock, the book had been torn from its bundle and lay open, naked, its pages bare before me.
2: And, uh, and the pages were
3: whispering, calling out to me
2: to read the insidious
4: leaves. The hoary moonlight glowed. I tried to look away, but I couldn't. I just couldn't! The words, the song, it was like mermaids singing to the sailors, calling them to the rocks, I crept closer, reached out.
0: No, John! In
4: God's name, no! No, no! In God's name, I did not I cannot say by what power of grace or infamy propelled me. I cannot speak by what means, but somehow I stopped at my ears to the whispers. I my tongue, until my eyes poured tears, and the image was gone, 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 when I awoke again the night had passed, the cool flutter of the water was like a balm to my soul, I still lay upon the rocks, towards the river I had first struck from, I felt the movement in my pocket, and I felt for my companion, my blessed frog. He was still all right, but seemed as dazed as I lay upon my chest lazily. It was misty again, and near sunset by the sky, so I had been sleeping through the day. My shoulder was stiff, and I felt dizzy. My frog fell asleep soon enough, and I was anxious to make my way. I replaced him in my pocket and slowly got to my feet. I bent low to sink myself in the water. Cupping my hands to wash them, when I saw her
2: reflection—not the witch. No. Yes, I cannot tell. For truth be told, I do not know if she truly was there at all.
4: I looked past the waters, and there, watching me from the other shore, was was a child, a waif, th- no more than eight or nine, no more than eight or nine years. A vision of that I was certain. Except the demons set to torment me. She had the eyes of Sarah Black, soulful eyes, big and twinkling like the wings of a butterfly. I-, I could not stand it any longer. First the cattle, and the horrible wistress. Now this! I screamed to her to go away. I threw rocks to banish the apparition, but nothing would move. Child thing from its spot. I cursed it in the name of God to stop tormenting me.
2: I swore at all the denizens of hell using every name I have ever heard a saint produce. But it would not move. I knew there was no solace for me. I had to
4: remove this blasphemy from my sight or I would never be. As so I the whispers began again. They swallowed my mind like leeches, hungry for the blood of my sanity. I shouted and threw myself into the stream, water above about me, running like bile. <laughs> this holy rite. under my fingers I felt something limp and lifeless I raced through the water and saw the poor white face the tiny body drowned at my hand the eyes closed and I was safe from the burning stare I released the body and it floated like a severed lily pad down the river and away Free. <laughs> I was finally free.
2: The demon had tried to take me. And even in the form of a little girl, it had no power over me.
4: No damnation could it declare. For we damn ourselves without divine intervention. There was but only
0: one thing left. What? What was left to do, John? Why, read her book, of course. Oh, John, you didn't. I walked
4: to the other side, my clothes as heavy as my heart had been. A deathly calm
2: upon me. I feared no evil, for in my pocket, my
0: frog moved no longer. Dead like the
4: girl. Drowned. <laughs> Drowned Like my innocence John John. Come closer, father For I have a story to tell in my time A crow's late John No, ye wish to hear the poison She whispered To me, upon the post And with this lash of chain Round thy throat I have thy attention Enough She said her words in sadness father and with no shame but instead regret she said read of me and know what pregnant thoughts are lost in love <laughs> a curious turner phrase for a witch to have such love as it not i had thought it deviltry but i learned better once i read her journal t'was the church that closed her bookstore down even the church that drove her father to his death and the church that had taken up the struggle to protect her, though the town didn't know of it, is that the
0: true father? John, release. Release
4: me at uh, once,
0: please.
4: ye were the agent of the church, one who promised to protect her. Ye he, he would gave her thine own tomes of poetry. Teach me to hear mermaids singing, Father... You," she quoted John Donne. I have oft heard you say, but he is your favorite poet. Curate. He cannot hear you, and Hetty moment the diocese you be coming. Sarah's book lies safe within their hands. Oh, he I certain he will answer their questions. Even their questions about indiscretions speak of the unborn child still within Sarah. Of course, it must have been her coitus with the devil. a friar stepped in my path that day to warn me why the death of a woman whose sin was trust and love of thee so satisfaction must be had dear father I am possess it by the devouring justice of it take heart my soul will be released and I I at thy hand shall walk with thee to the banquet at thy pit with the answer.
3: What's your eminence D- does the holy father's wish not to be disturbed during his interrogations
1: and how long since he's been seen from these pits nearly all day your eminence he's quiet of prisoners longer in-, in the past give me thy torch by this night he will be placed in chains who was detained in this foul cellar an apostolate john goodman i believe Holy it Father! It matters not, Curet. They're both dead, Goodman, by the bloodletting, and thy master by the chain about his neck.
3: Holy Father, what befell thee, noble man?
1: Perhaps tis best this way. He's bound by far greater laws than I now. He'll be buried outside of Churchland. Outside with your eminence. Outside! Ye heard me well enough. John Goodman, does he have family? No. No, Your Eminence, he, he was alone. All his life. Perhaps he'll find peace. At last.
2: Pride is an excessive belief in oneself. It interferes with the recognition of God's grace. Pride has been called the sin from which all other sins arise. We pride ourselves in knowing the difference between good and evil. But in our smug certainties, divine justice prevails in the Shadowlands.
3: Seven Deadly Sins, Episode 1, Pride, and Lo, Thou I Walk, was created and written by Jack J. Ward. The Inquisitor was played by Pasha Ebrahimi. John Goodman was performed by Jack J. Ward. Manfred Onward was the Friar and His Eminence the Bishop. The Curate was Jeff Brown. Sarah Black was performed by Pamela Herman. And the Mob was Nico Lorenzuti, David Connellan, Alicia Polanski, Alana Zatzman, Rita Armbruster, Patrick Dorfman, Jennifer Robbins, Joe Mauricio, and Jocelyn White. Shadowlands theme music was created by Christopher Moreno. Incidental music themes and scores by Sharon B. Fowler. Editing by Paul Patterson and Jack J. Ward. Sound effects and digital landscape by Andrew Dorfman. Shadowlands is directed and produced by Jack J. Ward and Andrew Dorfman and recorded in the sound studios of CKDU 97.5 FM in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Shadowlands Theater is a work of fiction. All dramatic material within is for entertainment purposes only. Any references to real events, businesses, or locales are intended only to give the fiction a sense of reality and authenticity and not to describe any actual conduct. Any character's resemblance to an actual person, either living or dead, is entirely coincidental. For more information on the Shadowlands, go to our website at www.shadowlandstheater.com.
0: Hey everyone, it's Mark from Leap Audio. I'm here to tell you about something really exciting. July 24 through 26 of 2020, Halifax, Nova Scotia, we are gathering together in the world's first international modern audio drama convention and family reunion. Inspired in part by the living, loving memory of our dear friend Bill Hallwayke, we're bringing together writers, producers, actors, and our fans for workshops, seminars, and even live performances. So join us, won't you? Go to madcon.com, that's www.mad-con.com for more information. I hope to see you in Halifax in twenty twenty.